Josh is a headmaster at uh, Heritage Christian in uh, Midwest City. Is that correct? Close enough. Yeah. Uh, somewhere, somewhere there. Uh, Dell City. Dell City. Okay. Uh, okay. There you go. Dell City. Uh, so uh, uh, he's been there a long time. <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, but he and his wife Janelle, uh, they do um, a conference called um, Created for Purity. Uh, and that's where I met Josh, uh, was at men's retreat and he was doing a creative for purity, uh, session down there at men's retreat. And, uh, and I thought, man, this is a guy, um, that, that I feel like resonates with the word of God and what the word of God teaches about, about sexual purity and about, uh, seeking God's will for your life as far as finding a, a lifelong mate. And, uh, and so right there, I thought, man, I've got to get this guy to come to Lincoln. And, uh, and so I remember I had a conversation with Josh, uh, at men's retreat that year. And I said, is there any way, uh, that I could get you to come and share, uh, with our church family, uh, some of the stuff that you shared here? Cause this really, I think would be very helpful to our parents and to our families. And, uh, and he was like, yeah, sure. Uh, I'd love to come. And, and so we brought him last year and he did, uh, one of his, uh, created for purity things. And then um, this year, uh, we, Pastor Jason and I had met and with the staff, and we were talking uh, through having Josh come back, and uh, we, were, we were just kind of brainstorming, and we thought, what if, what if we had him come do something else? You know, what if we had him talk about something else? And so uh, we, we started thinking about that, and I talked to Josh, and I said, would you be willing to do something else? You know, are, are you willing to do that? And he was willing. And uh, so he has come up with something brand new, okay? And I, I want you to understand, this is fresh off the press. Uh, the, the ink is not dry on this deal. Uh, so uh, this, is, this is just uh, uh, for Lincoln as, as far as uh, uh, what he's created. Um, and so um, this is not like something he's traveled around the nation doing or, or anything. In that. And this is his maiden voyage. So uh, he's going to cut his teeth on us with this deal. And uh, so I'm really excited, though. Uh, about what Josh has to share, and um, so uh, let's let's give thanks and um, and we'll commit this time to the Lord, and then uh, I'll ask you to come, Josh. Father, we thank you so much for uh, again an opportunity to meet together and to talk about um, marriage. And um, God, this is a big deal, um, Lord. Uh, we we live in a culture um, that um, is really struggling uh, with uh, understanding. Uh, your plan for marriage, and and um, so God, we uh, uh, we know that this is a very timely um, discussion, uh, as well as uh, something that that we all uh, that we can all benefit from. And so, God, I ask you to just bless and strengthen uh, the marriages in this room. I thank you for these couples, and um, and and God, just for uh, even the grace of God that I, I see. Uh, at work in, in each of these relationships, and um, got to pray you'd bless and strengthen the families of Lincoln Avenue through through our time together this weekend. And uh, Lord, I pray that this would, uh, Lord, just be a beginning uh, of maybe some some great things and some great times ahead uh, for uh, for marriages. And um, God, we give you thanks in all things, and we commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Am I on here? Just uh, well, I got the right deal. I do walk around a little bit. There we go. Sounds good. Thank you. Um, although I won't walk around quite as much as I normally do because I will be much more tied to my notes because Andrew did tell the truth there. Uh, although he said this is new, it's really not new. It's just new to me. Okay? Um, I don't know anything that I haven't learned from people older and wiser than I. 
So uh, actually, I'll, I'll be reading some expert excerpts from some books that I've been reading. That's my mode of learning. I just read and... And, and so anyway, so uh, yeah, new to me, and so sorry, by default, it's new to you too. So, sir, you're uh, stuck with my maiden voyage. I did, uh, he didn't quite tell the whole story. Andrew did call me and ask that. And, and first, originally asked to come back and do another Creative Purity seminar. And, and he was kind of him hawing around, and I could tell he was hedging a little bit. And he's, I, I, I asked, I said, was there, was there something else you have in mind? He said, yeah, and he and uh, Pastor Jason had talked about doing a possibly, um, you know, just something on marriage and strengthening marriages. And I said, and I, my brain went, I, I've never done that before. Uh, so I pushed it off on him and said, well, why don't you all talk about that and pray about some more? And then if you're really interested, give me a call back. And, you know, I'm thinking that'll do it. And, uh, well, it didn't. Uh, Andrew called back and said, we, well, we did. We talked about it and prayed about it. And uh, we would love to have you come do that. And I went, great, great. I appreciate that. Um, now, I, I um, have taught Sunday school lessons. I, we, Janelle and I have gone to First Southern Baptist Church for 23 years or so. And I teach a young married class there and have for 20-something years. And, um, you know, I have the, the typical Southern Baptist uh, Sunday school series and James Dobson and Dennis Rainey um, uh, family life today. And so I've, I've done a lot of that and, and learned a lot. And Janelle and I have been married 27 years. I'll tell you more about that in just a second. So, um, but, but I've never done this. And in Sunday school, it's different. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll open it and be honest here. I mean, Sunday school, you go to Sunday school, right? So I teach Sunday school. And, uh, you know, if I say something wrong or, or, I, or on the way home, I, I go, oh, man, I shouldn't have said that or that wasn't quite right or that could have been misunderstood or whatever it is, you know, or I left something out. Well, hey, I've got next Sunday. You know, I can come back next Sunday and I'll say, okay, now last week, guys, here, you know, so let me reiterate and correct and... And that just goes on, you know, and same thing with teaching. Um, I taught for 22 years at Christian Heritage Academy and am the headmaster now. Same thing in class, you know, if I goof up today, I come back tomorrow, correct myself. Kids are forgiving and flexible and we go on. Well, that's not the case here. I'm saying, Janelle, these folks are giving up part of their Friday evening and Saturday morning. And what's on the Olympics tonight, Janelle? I mean... She knows. See, see, she's a big... <laughs> matter of fact, she said, do you want me to go with you tonight or just stay here in the hotel? <laughs> I said, what are you talking about? So she's here. Um, so, okay, you're doing that. I understand that. And so, and I'm going to be gone tomorrow afternoon. Well, actually, we're staying and coming to church Sunday. We asked permission to do that. So we're excited to come to church here. Um, we just felt like a part of this fellowship last year we were here. It was really weird. We felt like members after 48 hours. It was really fun. We really fell in love with this fellowship last year when we were here, and we're thankful to get to come back. So, um, but, but, you know, I mean, I'm going to probably leave out some stuff and say some stuff, and you're going to look at me and go, I'm not sure if, I, if that's really right. Uh, well, okay, I'm just, that's a disclaimer up front, okay? And uh, Andrew and Jason and Chris just get to patch up all the holes and correct all the... Um, but it's their fault they asked me to come, so... Um, I, don't, I don't quibble with that at all, okay? Uh, I, I introduced myself... Uh, I was raised in a Christian home. I'll show you a picture of my parents here in just a moment. Just, I, I don't really think that I'm important, but, but every message comes through a messenger, and the messenger, the filter, you know, uh, affects the message. So I think it's important that you know a little bit about me. Just so you, so you look at me and go, okay, I see what that guy is saying. That. Um, I was raised in a Christian home. Um, I, have, I was in church before I was born, okay? You know what I mean? And have been ever since. Uh, the Lord saved me when I was in first grade, 
I won't tell that whole story, but it was just as clear. I can, that, I can still smell the couch where uh, mom and dad were sitting and talking to me and, uh, and uh, explaining to me what I already knew. And, and uh, the Lord just saved me, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. And, and my life has never been this, uh, the same since. I, I wasn't, you know, a you know, horrible you know, kid who did all these horrible, you know, murderous things at age six. Uh, but I was afraid of dying. Um, and, and after that, after the Lord saved me, I, well, I, I tell people, I, uh, we had an old, you know, Pontiac station wagon, green Pontiac station wagon. I wore my seatbelt. Nobody wore their seatbelt in the 60s, okay? You couldn't even find your seatbelts in the car in the 60s. They were stuffed down in the crack, you know? I wore my seatbelt. My parents thought it was kind of strange. Well, I was afraid of dying. Because I knew if I died, I was going to hell. And uh, then the Lord saved me, and, and, and I quit wearing my seatbelt. Uh, <laughs> I wear it now, but I, I really did. I really, I just, I knew when I died, I was going to heaven. The Lord relieved that fear of death from me when he saved me, um, and has been growing me ever since. So um, the Lord saved me. Um, I went to a Christian high school. Actually, I graduated from the school where I'm at now, uh, Christian Heritage Academy. And so I was a student there two years, and then a teacher, and, and now the head of school. And um, went off to Bob Jones University, came back, started teaching and coaching, uh, met Janelle. Don't have time to tell that story. And then uh, we, um, there's our family, okay? I failed to mention that we do have children. Um, that's, <laughs> usually I have to wait and let everybody catch their breath. Um, those are our 10 children and one daughter-in-law. Can you pick out the daughter-in-law? Yeah, the blonde, right, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't fit. Uh, the rest of them look like me and Janelle. Uh, so our oldest is, um, is Brant in the middle. Uh, I can't point at it. Um, 25? Uh, been married three years. Brant and Jamie. And then Kylie Preston, Kinsey, Brianna Curry, Brooklyn, Cooper, Carson, Camp. All right? So that's the rest of our kids. Uh, they are from 25 down to 8. Um, and so we have, anyway, I won't, they're all ages and stages in life and doing all kinds of things. We are grandparents now. I know I don't look like a grandfather, do I? Yeah, I'm getting a response there. Trying, to, uh, I'm way too young for that. Uh, but our uh, son and daughter-in-law uh, are not able to have children, so they started the adoption process. There's no adoption anywhere in our family, so it was a new experience for us, and really fun. So we have a little African American granddaughter, and uh, she is just as cute as can be. And to see our daughter-in-law uh, as blonde and blue-eyed and fair-skinned as they come. Uh, carrying her little uh, African American baby, <laughs> it's just really funny, uh, and we just love it. I mean, our my five daughters and my wife, uh, she loves our granddaughter way more than she loves any of our kids. Um, she just didn't like babies. Um, she likes this baby though, so we are enjoying that. So that's kind of where we are. Uh, here is my extended family. I'll talk more about this in a little while. I'm the second of ten children. I have an older sister. Seven little brothers and a little sister. Uh, my older sister's, I don't know, 52 or so. And my little sister's 29, something like that. Uh, um, and then, so that, that's our family. My parents are there in the middle. You can't always see them in the blue. Uh, this was at their 50th wedding anniversary a few years ago, three years ago or so, something like that. And that's um, me and all of my brothers and sisters and their spouses and their children. My parents have 54 grandchildren. Okay, uh, that's just unusual. That's normally the response we get too. Um, it's just uh, amazing. So um, part of um, 
part of what I'll talk about tonight is the, the difficulties in marriage. Actually, I'll, I'll talk there. Um, I went to lunch yesterday with a guy in my Sunday school class, with Ray Foreman, and I was just talking. I said, how's Sunday school going? And he started a new class and new couples and really exciting, and he just shook his head. He said, wow. He said, Josh, he said, couples are struggling. I said, what do you mean, Ray? He said, well, he said, we just talked with a guy, and they're married, and, and he's kind of decided that he's agnostic now. And I thought, okay, that's a little strange. Uh, so he said, and now since he doesn't believe there's a God, he doesn't believe there's any reason to stay married. And so he and his wife, who's a believer, is just shocked by this. And he said, man, they're having a hard time. I said, wow. He said, then another guy, he said, they're a military couple. There's a lot of military folks. We're right next door to, um, to Tinker Air Force Base in, in Dell City. Uh, he said, he said he, they came up and they said, man, we're just really struggling. And uh, they said, we don't know if we can make it. He said, he said, Josh, in the last two weeks, I've had two couples in my Sunday school class come up and say, we don't know if we can make it. And I, he said, marriages are hurting. I said, and this was yesterday at breakfast, okay? I didn't ask Ray to say this to me. I said, that's interesting. So I just talked to him and asked him some questions. I said, why is that, Ray? What's going on? And so he told me some things, and I'm just shaking my head because that's stuff I've been reading and learning and will be sharing here. Um, marriages are, are being attacked. We all know that, but, but to hear Ray say that yesterday at breakfast was like, Wow, this is for real. For me, though, I don't, there's no reason except the Lord's grace and mercy. I've been protected from that. Um, interesting in that picture, uh, my dad came from a divorced family. His father was a very immoral man. My grandfather uh, was, we believe, saved literally hours before he died. Um, and we don't know that for sure, but uh, there, it, it seems that uh, the Lord saved my grandfather uh, with my little sister and my dad there. So, again, we don't really know that. But he, he did, you know, make a profession of faith. You know, you, you don't really know. You can't see in the heart. But, but he was an immoral man all of his life, okay? Uh, when my dad was uh, in first grade, my uh, grandfather literally with all the children in the home and my grandmother and dad sitting on grandma's lap, large argument, and, uh, and he just literally walked out the door, just turned around and walked out the door. And dad remembers that, Okay? Uh, Dad's 74 or something. He was six. He remembers Granddad walking out the door. Um, and he, you know, Granddad had his life for a while and walked back in the door 12 years later. My dad was a senior in high school. And he literally walked in and, and said, hi, I'm home. It's like, what? But that's what happened. Okay? And he remarried my grandmother. And they were married till they died. Uh, just a few years ago, actually. So my dad, and now my, my aunts and uncles, my cousins, the, the divorce, alcoholism just, is just rampant in the Bullard family and my dad's side of the family. It's really sad, okay? Uh, my mother was uh, from a very strong Christian family, although that family has problems of its own. My mother's the oldest of 11 children, so lots of aunts and uncles and cousins there as well. Uh, my grandmother's still alive. She's 95. Uh, I don't know how many. She's got like... 40-something grandkids and like 116 great-grandkids or something. Of course, 54 of those are ours. Uh, uh, but, uh, so we helped that number there. Um, but, but anyway, so my parents, though, my point is, my parents, when they got married, they said, God, by your grace, will you stop the generational sins in the Bullard family? Uh, and they prayed that, and they were serious about that. And we'll, we'll kind of end up with this here in just a moment. Um, but... It's really fascinating now, and only God did this, but my, my point is my conclusion here in just a few minutes will be there is hope, okay? Uh, I'm not suggesting that all of the marriages in this room are uh, having difficulty and struggling, but I would think that if any of you are married and intend to stay married, that you either have had or will have struggles in your marriage, okay? Um, 
my next point of my next session is marriage is hard. <laughs> um, so it's only by God's grace. But it's interesting that all ten of us are married. I'm pointing at my brothers and sisters. All ten of us are married. And um, so far, okay, it's just so far, um, but so far none of us are divorced, okay? We've been married 27, my sister 29 maybe, my little sister maybe nine or so, something like that, um, years married. And uh, there have been some, we've pulled some back from the brink a few times, okay? But the Lord has protected them. And, um, and interesting, and on top of that, none of us married anybody whose parents were divorced, did you get that? All ten of us married individuals who did not come from broken homes. That's, that's, I don't know what the stats are on that, but that's unusual, okay? And we didn't even realize it until it was just a few years ago. We, we were kind of going, Josh, Junior, Brooks, Special Branch, Troop. We were naming their spouses and going, none of those kids have ever experienced divorce in their family, okay? So that's my experience, okay? And I didn't have anything to do with it. Uh, but that's where I'm coming from, okay? So a lot of these things I talk about and read about, I have not personally experienced, okay? And I can't help that. I'm not even apologizing for that, but you just need to know where I'm coming from, okay? Um, so a lot of things, the stories I read and people I talk to, and the Lord is, um, is serious about our marriages, and we'll talk more about that. And Satan also is serious about our marriages and is attacking marriages. Um, so... Um, Okay, look, look at your sheet there. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get there in just a second. And we'll, we'll get started. This is my uh, teaching method. I'm not a preacher, okay? I'm, God didn't call me to preach. I'm, I, I've never preached. But I am a teacher, okay? I'm not, good at, I'm not really good at being an administrator of a school. Um, but, and we have 600-and-something kids in our school. and We have a great school, but I'm not a good administrator, uh, but I got a lot of good people around me. And I was a good teacher, okay? I don't teach anymore, but that was probably a mistake. <laughs> but uh, this is teaching, okay? So I am a teacher. So we're going to look at several topics uh, in the next, you know, couple hours or less than that now, uh, this evening, and then tomorrow morning, okay? So I hope you can be here tomorrow morning. So here's what we're going to do. This is an outline of what we're going to talk about. The first one, and I'll, we'll just fill in the blank, okay? The secret of marriage. What is the secret of marriage? And by the way, none of this is from me. Don't, don't think, well, what does he think the secret of marriage is? Well, quite honestly, it doesn't matter what I think the secret of marriage is, okay? I don't even know. But I have read, I've read lots of books, okay, even just recently. Uh, and and, so I, and these, they all say the same thing. And I go, oh, that must be the secret of marriage, okay? So I have just been learning. Uh, so the secret of marriage, how can it ever work? That's a great question. Number two, is the essence of marriage, Apologize for not having PowerPoints, but I've never done this before, so I didn't, I didn't get that far. I got my notes, I got the handout notes, and next time maybe I'll have some PowerPoints to do this. Um, so the essence of marriage, what is it? That's a great question, which I think most of us, even believers, don't know. The next one is the mission of marriage. What is it for? Again, a good question. The roles of marriage. Uh, the first three are, are really uh, kind of foundational, and then the last two are a little more applicable application. Uh, what is headship and what is submission? Submission is just a dirty word in marriages today, okay? It's, it's, mis- it's horrible, but it's, it's not, though. It's a biblical word, okay? Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that, okay? And then the otherness of marriage. What does my spouse need? 
so again, a little more practical those last. And, and I, I, man, I struggled for weeks and weeks. And I mean, because we, we could talk about child rearing. Uh, what are the two most common uh, sources of irritation in, in marriage that, that bring irritation to the front? Finances and kids. We all know that, okay? Finances and kids. <laughs> and it seems like the less finances you have and the more kids you have, which we have both, right? <laughs> uh, there's more and more room for that. So, um, But see, I'm not even talking about finances and kids. You know, that was stupid. Well, I, I just, I don't know. Uh, I, this is where the Lord landed me. So uh, there's lots of room. This is kind of just a start, but there's lots of room for, for growing here. Um, Okay, take your Bible out if you have it, and um, let's look at Matthew chapter 19 and see what Jesus, one of the things that Jesus says about marriage, okay? Now, th- now in this passage, it's going to talk about divorce, but I'm not going to talk about divorce, okay? Not that I don't want to or I'm scared to. That's just not the point here, okay? So, um, the, um, we'll, 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 so G- uh, Jesus in Matthew 19, verses 1 through 12, okay? Here we go. Now, when Jesus had finished these things, he went away from Galilee and entered the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. And large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. The Pharisees came up to him and tested him. They did that frequently. By asking, is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? Okay, no, wait. Why did they ask that question? You gotta, were they asking this question because nobody ever got divorces? That would be a dumb question if that was the case. They were asked this question because what? They were getting divorces and they were trying to justify their divorces. Okay? So this was a real... Divorce was an issue back then too. Okay? Satan hated marriages back then just as much as he hates them now. Again, we'll talk about why. So Jesus answered, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said... Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. That harks back to Genesis 1 and 2 when God instituted the institution of marriage. Verse 6, So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. Okay, they were kind of ready for that answer, so now they ask a follow-up question. They said to him, Why then did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce and to send her away? Moses said that. So what you just said, Jesus, contradicted what Moses said. Okay? And he said to them, and here's where we're going to kind of, this introduction here, we're going to kind of end with this right here. A couple things. uh, That verse, because of what? Hardness of heart. Moses allowed you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say to you, anyone, everyone who, excuse me, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual morality and marries another commits adultery. The disciples said to him, that, Listen to the disciples' response here, okay? It's just, what were they thinking, okay? You can almost just hear them exasperated. And the disciples said to him, well, if such is the case of a man with his wife, it's better not to marry. He's like, well, if that's marriage, and then it's just, just better to not to do that, okay? Do you hear that in their, their comment there? And Jesus said in verse 11, But he said to them, Not everyone can receive this saying, but only those to whom it is given. Jesus' view of marriage was so much higher than the Pharisees for sure, and even the disciples. The culture at the time, when Jesus talked about marriage, they just didn't get it. It's just like, what are you talking about? 
and as I've studied, and I think as we talk through, uh, you know, this evening and such, I, my response was, it was like, wow, really? That's, that, that's the biblical view of marriage? And it's just so much higher than our culture can handle. I, I read this from Tim Keller, one of the books I'll be referring to, uh, and there, there are some back there I would. Uh, um, if you're married, I, I'll, I'll just, I'm a reader though, okay? So I just, every, anytime I say anything about reading, just, just kind of grin and shake your head at me and smile. Um, but because I, I just think you should read. Well, see, I have to remember that not everybody learns by reading. So maybe you should watch podcast um, or, you know, podcast or listen to podcast or, okay, maybe you should do something different. But so when I say I think you should read, just take it or leave it, okay? But you really should read, okay? <laughs> um, Tim Keller's book, The Meaning of Marriage, is, oh, wow. Um, a very easy read, actually. You don't ever say that about John Piper's books, okay? Those are not easy reads. But uh, Tim Keller is very, very easy reading. It's just encouraging, okay? Very, very encouraging, very positive. So he said this. So we'll fill in some blanks here on your sheet. Um, and it's just like, even, even more so, the magnificence of marriage in the mind of God is, is unintelligible to our modern Western culture. They didn't get it back then when Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, but it's way more unintelligible now. Our culture just doesn't get marriage, okay? Why? Here's what... Here's what uh, Tim Keller says. In our Western culture where the main idol is self. Okay, now what's an idol? Something you, you worship, okay? And so the main idol is self. Who do we worship in our culture? Me, okay? I am worth worshiping. I'm the most worthwhile thing in the universe, Okay? By the way, we teach our kids that at a very small age. Okay? I think that's, that's a child-rearing topic, though, okay? Children are not the center of the universe, okay? Um, the main idol is self. The main doctrine is autonomy. I had to look that word up. <laughs> it just means the, 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 the autonomy is I'm in control. I am subject to nothing. I am it. I am a law to myself. It's actually a law word. It's, uh, it's self-law. I'm my law, okay? Nobody tells me what to do, okay? So the main doctrine, the main truth of my idol worship is that I'm in control. (laughs) Well, I'm not the center of the universe, and I'm not in control. But that's what our Western culture thinks. And the third one is the central act of worship. Okay, how do we worship ourselves? Then the answer is entertainment. I, I just... It's all about making me happy. Right? So I just entertain myself. And we spend lots of money entertaining ourselves. Is entertainment bad? No, it's not at all. Okay? But when it's our chief form of, um, of worship, <laughs> activity of worship, it's like, oh, okay, something's wrong here. Okay? Um, the three pl- primary shrines or places of worship, the three primary shrines are the TV. Makes sense, doesn't it? If I'm the center and nobody tells me what to do and I need to entertain myself, TV's a great way to do it. And it's free. Uh, unless you have cable. It's almost free, okay? <laughs> and that's always there, okay? TV, the internet now, that didn't be, that wasn't true a few years ago. <clears throat> and the movie theater. 
I've said before, there is, I just cannot believe that there's an economic crisis in America. I, I just can't believe it. Because I see the figures on how much money is spent at movies all every, every weekend. It's like, well, just, just spend it on food. What? what? And not entertain myself? <laughs> okay, forget it. All right? Um, <laughs> yeah. We would starve before we don't entertain ourselves. That's true. <clears throat> Its highest expression of worship, and this speaks condemnation on our society and culture, and I didn't, this is Tim Keller. Its highest expression of worship is uninhibited sexual intercourse. That's the highest form of pleasure. And we, we absolutely do not limit ourselves in pursuing the highest form of entertaining me since I'm the most important thing and nobody tells me what to do. Okay? Wow. And, and then go back to TV, Internet, and movies. What is, what is much of the Internet about? What is much TV about? And what is much movies about? It's sex, okay? That's our culture, okay? So this culture finds the glory of marriage in the mind of Christ just almost incomprehensible. Because marriage is not about me, right? There are some rules, God's rules for marriage... It's not about entertainment. It's about bringing glory to God. Okay, it, it's I can't have a successful marriage if my main input is from TV and internet and movie theater. It needs to be God's word. Okay, it's just all wrong. And yet in this culture, it's it's really not hard to figure out why marriages are struggling, because we just have the complete wrong mindset. And we know that that's we say that's the world's mindset. Yeah, but we all know that we all live in this world and it creeps into even the church, okay, and the lives of believers. Uh, and that, that's, that's a constant struggle we have, okay? So even, even Jesus, when he was speaking about marriage, the disciples just went, well, my goodness, it's just better not to get married if, that's what, if what you're saying is right, okay? And sometimes, I mean, you may, have, you may be tempted to even say that when we start looking at what the Scripture says about marriage because it's, it's like, well, then why do we go to this, okay? Well, there's a good answer to that question, but it'll take us a while to get there. Um, I, I really believe this is a true statement. Take, take it or leave it, okay? The, um, the, the next statement on your sheet there, we cannot know marriage without learning it from God. Why do you think I'd make that statement? Is it true? What are your thoughts? You have to answer. Because he made it, okay? God instituted marriage. It's not our idea. By the way, some people think it is. It's just a cultural convention, okay? As a matter of fact, there's some real good sections in, in Keller's book on the history of marriage. Very interesting, okay? Um, but, that's, but we didn't make it up. God invented marriage. He brought, we know, you know he brought Eve to Adam, okay, and made them one flesh, okay? So it, it, it was God's idea. What else, perhaps? Why can we not learn about this unless we learn it from God? It's probably the most comprehensive answer, okay, Michelle? So I think, yeah, okay, so there another, another main point we'll get to, okay, Emma? Thank you. Um, because it's, um, and we'll see this a lot even tonight, that it, it's a picture of Christ in the church. So how do you learn about that without learning it from God? Well, I see you don't. Um, so, so... We have to learn this from God. And so that's where I, I kind of hit a little bit of a brick wall, okay? Because anytime 
Janelle and I talked about on this, this on the way up here this afternoon, driving from Oklahoma City. Uh, and I've been praying for weeks, and Janelle and I have prayed. And I've got people at school praying for me right now, okay? I gave them my schedule. And I, and I, said, I, I have this. <laughs> I skipped part of my notes. I actually have written down um, that I'm a little nervous about this because this is a very difficult topic. I, I chose not to read that a second ago, okay? <laughs> I've been nervous about this for weeks, okay? Because I understand the, the some, I'm sure I'm not sure, I'll know all of it, but I, there's some, just some really hard things in marriage, okay? We're, we're vulnerable to each other. We open ourselves up emotionally, spiritually, physically, financially. Oh, wow. And there's a lot of hurt. Janelle and I have hurt each other, okay? I don't, has anybody not hurt each other, okay? Um, no, we all do. So it's a very, very difficult topic and very emotionally charged. We're emotional creatures. God created us that way. Um, so, and then, and then when you start talking and, and teaching from God's word, you, we understand that we're just completely dependent upon the Lord. Okay. Well, then why am I here? I don't know. I'll, I'm keep, I'm going to keep blaming it on Andrew and Jason. I'm just going to keep blaming it on them. Um, but God uses people to speak. But God has to open eyes and ears, okay? So I want to look at that and then stop and pray. And then we'll, I know I haven't spoken long, but that's okay. Take a quick break and then we'll, we'll jump back into session two. But, so I'm almost actually done with this first session, which is just kind of an introduction to heart preparation. Um, we can't know marriage without learning it from God. So let's, let's look at our own hearts. And, and before we really begin um, looking at marriage, let's ask God to open them, that's our hearts, to his word. Okay, so are you with me there? Um, our hearts must be open, not closed. Soft, not hard. Okay, let's look at Ezekiel chapter 36. And let's, uh, really a, a great passage here. God speaking of, of his work in our hearts. Um, we, we're just always dependent upon the Lord. Okay, in everything. Um, anything good happens in my life? It's the Lord did that, okay? I mean, being saved, say, well, didn't, didn't you choose to be saved? Well, yeah, sort of. Yes, I did. Uh, didn't you pray to receive Christ? Yeah, but, you know, I, the only thing I provided for a salvation was my sin, and I did that well, okay? And then God did everything else, okay? So I did have a part in salvation. I brought about the need, <laughs> okay? And then the Lord just met my need and saved me. So everything good in our lives is... Um, is from the Lord, and, and, and this this too, okay? So even if our hearts are going to be open, if they're going to be soft tonight and tomorrow, thank the Lord for that. And if not, I, I don't know, then pray some more, okay? Ask the Lord to open our hearts. So Ezekiel 36, verses 22 to 27. Therefore, say to the house of Israel this, Thus says the Lord God, It is not for your sake, you're not the center of the universe, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I'm about to act, but for the sake of... What? For the sake of my holy name, okay? For the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you. And listen, what do they have to do with this? Hey, God is bringing glory to himself by retrieving his people, and he's cleansing them. Okay, so what is, 
Listen to what God is going to do in their lives. I will, verse 25, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols I will cleanse you. And in verse 26, I, I love these next two verses. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of what? The heart of stone. That's my heart. Okay? And I will remove the heart. Who removes it? God does. Because my stony heart doesn't want to remove my stony heart. God has to do that. Okay? I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, okay? A soft heart. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Um, so I, I want to try to illustrate that. Um, here's, a, here, here's a stony heart, okay? It's a real rock, okay? <laughs> um, and your ne- next two verses, um, what is... Um, Galatians 5.22 say, okay? Let's see, uh, Galatians 5.22 is, now the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, pay. oh, no, no, that's not what I want to do. Um, it's, uh, Galatians 5.22 is the, 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 the armor, spiritual armor, right? Put on the uh, breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the uh, boots of the gospel, the, the shield of faith, and the sword of the Spirit, right? Is that the right passage, somebody? I was, yeah, see, I, get the, I put the wrong reference. Uh, What's the... Oh, that's Ephesians 6, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, great. First mistake. <laughs> yeah, I knew when I... 522, I know it's the fruit of the Spirit. But I don't want that. It's, it, it's uh, God's Word is the, is the sword of the Spirit. Okay? So scratch that. What is that? Ephesians... It's not... It is 6, isn't it? Somebody look that up, somebody. 10 and 11. Ephesians... Thank you, Chris. Ephesians 6, 10 and 11. Okay, great. I'll, go ahead. Go ahead. Read that for us, Chris. Would you please? Good. Thank you. Okay. Spiritual warfare, section of Ephesians chapter 6. Um, so the word of God in there is the sword of the spirit. Okay. And you know Hebrews 4.12. Hope that's the right reference. Okay. But the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Okay. Doing what? Okay. Um, Piercing even... How does it go? I lost it. Piercing and dividing the of soul and spirit and is discerned of the thoughts and intents of the heart. See, I can't say it slow. If I say it fast, I get it. It pierces the heart. Okay? Hebrews 4.12. Uh, it, 
it's, it's sharper than a two-edged sword, okay? Uh, so those blanks there, God's Word is the sword of the Spirit. God's Word pierces our hearts, Hebrews 4.12, okay? So what I... I'm, Janelle and I talked a lot about this. Uh, what I, we even debated doing this, but I'm going to do it, okay? I hope it helps. I hope the Lord uses it, actually. Left to ourselves, we have a heart of stone that is resistant to God's Word. That's just us, okay? The, the, the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit, okay? I actually ordered. It's, it wasn't in yet. I see I should have done it earlier. I actually am getting a, a little letter opener that has Hebrews 4.12 on it and the, the, uh, the Word of God pierces, okay? And, uh, so, but I don't have it yet, so I just have a knife, okay? Um, what does this knife do to this heart? How's it going to change it, affect it, shape it, remove from it? It's not, okay? And left to myself, that's my response to God's Word. I just, okay? That's a heart of stone that God talked about through the prophet Ezekiel, okay? So what do we want? Ezekiel 36, a heart of flesh, a soft heart. Why a soft heart? Because a soft heart is, is open to hamburger meat. <laughs> a heart of flesh, okay? Some of you are going, that is really weird. <laughs> Kids love this. Like, oh, that's so cool. It's even better if it's dripping, okay? <laughs> they really like that. What does God's Word do to a heart of flesh? Pierces, divides, exposes. Okay? Does that feel good or does that hurt? Sometimes it's like, hmm, okay? Doctors are not nice people. They hurt people, okay? (laughs) Why? Because they use nice and they cut. And what are they doing? They're bringing about healing, okay? Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes there's scars after they do those surgeries, Okay? So we need to have a heart of flesh that's open, that's soft, that's malleable, that's pierceable. And the the piercing instrument is God's Word by His Spirit who uses His Word in our hearts. So that has been my prayer for weeks for us that that we listen to some things about a, a very hard topic. Okay? And we go, well, okay, well, I'm not going to be resistant. I'm going to have an open heart, open ears, open mind. I may have some questions. I may not agree with everything I hear. I, I may have to follow up and investigate and do some reading or asking questions. That's, that's all good. I hope that happens. I think one of the best things I can do is start the conversation. Okay? If this conversation continues in the weeks and months ahead, then, then God will do some good work. Okay? And, and, I, and I trust the Lord to use that. So will we be open to God's Word and let it pierce our Hearts of flesh. That's my prayer. Um, I had a plastic glove. I didn't want to wear it, so that's it's kind of boring. Uh, so it's a lot better. <clears throat> There's always hope. Okay, I, I told you I was going to uh, finish up with <clears throat> a story about my dad. Um, dad was in a hopeless situation. Okay, with a, in a broken home. There was just all kinds of dysfunction in his family. And yet, to see what the Lord has done 
in his family, my family, there's, there's always hope, okay? Uh, God's word is, is, is full of hope. Uh, Romans chapter 8, uh, my sons and I memorized Romans chapter 8 this year. It took us seven months, but uh, a little longer than what we anticipated. Uh, but we can quote Romans 8 to you, okay, right now. Uh, and it's, for in this hope you were saved, for hope that is seen is not hope. Uh, for who hopes for what he sees? But hope that is, is not seen, we wait for it with patience, okay? There's always hope, okay? So I want to read this to you, and then we'll pray together and take a break, and then we'll come back. Uh, great article. I, I'm studying uh, leadership. We're, we're really working on how do, we, how do we train Christian leaders at Christian Heritage Academy. We've got a lot of work and growth to do, but that's our, that's our goal, to train American Christian leaders for every sphere of society. So I'm doing a lot of reading on leadership, okay? And, and um, how do we do that in the lives of students, even little ones, okay? And, and it can be done. Uh, I'm convinced it can be done. So this article is Napa Valley, uh, uh, vine country, wine country in California. The Napa Valley on leadership. So this guy, Christian writer, uh, Feinberg, or actually I think it's a lady, um, uh, just went to uh, study uh, vineyards in California because there's so much talk in the scriptures about vineyards, okay? Uh, and, and Jesus calls the Father the vine dresser and the, the fruitfulness, the fruit of the vine. There's, there's a lot old in the New Testament about vines. So he went to, I think it's actually she, Martha. She went to study. And uh, what about uh, vines and vineyards? And how do they do this? And what, what causes fruitfulness? So, so that's what this article is about and leadership and how God uses leadership. So at the end, though, he was taken. Um, I'll, I'll just read this. One particular vineyard in Fresno we visited was owned by a woman who merely cared about the land, not the crop. She just cared about having land in California, and the grape, uh, the vineyard was just left, okay? She didn't care about the crop. This hurts me to look at it, the vintner said. Vintner is the person who takes care of a vineyard. I didn't know that. This hurts me to look at, the vintner said. You know, it wouldn't take much to turn this vineyard around, but the owner is not willing to invest in it. <clears throat> As I walked along the edge of the field, <clears throat> excuse me, I was taken in by the dismal sight. The stakes and wire were still in place, yet only a few vines showed any signs of life. The thickness of the base of the vines revealed that they were at least 20 years old, but the lack of growth made the gnarled trunks appear dwarfed. Weeds lined the rows, stealing much-needed nutrients from the vines. While a few of the branches managed to eke out only a handful of grapes, most had withered from the lack of water and overexposure to the sun. You really think you could turn this around, I asked. In less than two years, you wouldn't recognize this vineyard, the vintner said. His words gave me hope, not just for the vines, but for myself. If a vintner could look at a withered, weathered vineyard and confidently claim to bring it back to life, how much more could God use you and me to transform the withered, weathered areas of our world, and I would say of our families and marriages at times, and bring them back to life too? The disheveled vineyard was a reminder that... I, here's why I'm reading this article to you, okay? Because I read this, and I've read it several times. Here's why I'm reading it to you. The disheveled vineyard was a reminder that nothing is beyond God's redemption and restoration. Now, that's hope, okay? I use that all the time, because there's a lot of times where I just think, you know, we, we, we don't know what to do here, okay? With our kids, we have 10 kids. Do I need to say that again? We have 10 kids. <laughs> That's just not easy, okay? There's all 
kinds of attacks on our children, okay? The disheveled vineyard was a reminder that nothing is beyond God's redemption and restoration. You say, you don't know my marriage. I don't have to. God does. There is nothing beyond God's redemption and restoration. And we, believers, are invited to be on the forefront to bring life and healing to our world. That's just exciting to me, okay? That's just exciting, all right? So in one sense, I'm a little nervous about being here and talking. On the other sense, I think that's just stupid because only God can bring about restoration in our lives, in our marriages, in our families, in our churches, and in our nation, okay? And uh, we do what we need to do and trust the Lord to do what only He can do. So there is hope. So there's... I, I trust that that'll set the stage for us and God will give us a soft heart, open ears, an open mind to receive, and then that God will bring about restoration and redemption. That's my prayer, okay?